So let us open in prayer together. Holy God, we invite you into our presence, even though we know that you're already here and have come before us. God, we're grateful for your Holy Spirit that guides us, that shows us your way, and that fills us anew. We thank you for all of those who have come this evening with stories to tell, with experiences to share, with concerns, and also with ideas of hope. We pray that our time together will be a blessing and that our conversation will be centered around you and with you in our hearts and our minds. For we know the subject of gun violence is controversial, is heartbreaking, is tragic, and is difficult. We know that guns, gun violence and guns have caused fear for so many. But yet, by the nature of our faith, you call us to not be afraid. You tell us over 300 times in the Bible, do not fear, do not be afraid. And so tonight we are reminded of that, to rest in your assurance, to rest in your peace, and to be thankful for your presence. Amen. In light of the violence in our country, we ask ourselves as Christians, what is our responsibility toward reducing violence and fear in our midst? What can we do? Well, on the Church and Society website of the United Methodist Church, the Reverend Dr. Susan Henry Crow says, For United Methodists, we are called to not only hear the fears and wounds, see the wounds, but to take action against fear and hate. In 2016, the General Conference of the United Methodist Church passed a resolution calling for an end to gun violence. Copies of that resolution are available on the table in the back, and there are also copies or a list of some internet resources that you might want to check out. But tonight, in conversation, let's share our own experiences and thoughts on this very relevant topic as we listen and reflect on the problem of gun violence. Of the concerns and ideas of our congregation gathered in these conversations will help guide planning for more conversations and learning in the fall. Through these conversations, we hope to strengthen our faith that God will help us work toward healing. So many of you are already familiar with how circle conversation works, but for those who are new in this way of conversing, Bill Everett is going to explain a little bit more. Thank you all for coming tonight. Thanks, Sarah, and thanks very much to Sarah for taking the initiative uh, to, to foster a church response to this crucial uh, social topic, so we're really indebted to her and to Bob. Uh, circle conversations have been going on here uh, for about 15 years, really, either in roundtable worship or then in other circles to really help people get together to have difficult conversations about things that really are quite important. Uh, you all should have a half sheet on your seat, and you might be sitting on it, but, um, oh good, give the man a seat, I think, good. Um, the purpose of these circles uh, is to listen to each other and to clarify our own questions and concerns. 
so they can be addressed uh, in future sessions. A circle is based in a covenant. It is a, a sacred gathering, and that's symbolized by a candle that's lit at each, uh, actually uh, mine isn't lit, but I'm awaiting the lighting. Um, thank you very much, Sarah. Let me, uh, and in it, uh, we, we share what's important to us, and we also listen to each other. There are several points to the kind of covenant that characterizes being in a circle. The first is confidentiality, in which uh, sometimes people are really speaking uh, from the heart about things very important to them, and we promise that we honor that. Uh, secondly, respect. Uh, that each one of us, uh, being in the image of God, has something important to say, and we respect that image. The talking piece may be unfamiliar to you. Uh, each table has an item, an object, which your steward. Uh, could the stewards at the tables uh, please raise their hand right now? Each table, I think, has two stewards. Uh, and uh, this talking piece gives authority and an invitation to the one who is holding it to speak from the heart. And here's the problem for those retired preachers among us. Speak briefly. <laughs> and for all of us, to the point. We only have 45 minutes together here tonight. And we try to honor that. And uh, so we, we need to really find out what is the most important thing I need to say. Speak in a way that encourages dialogue. That is, offer something out of yourself that might be something someone else would want to hear and speak with you and the whole group about. Listen for understanding. So we try to understand where each other is coming from. And be open to transformation. And that's what happens in these circles. Uh, staying in circle is part of the covenant uh, which usually applies to when circles meet several weeks at a time. And this is a one evening uh, circle, but for those of you who would like to continue the conversation, we will form a special circle next week for those who are doing it for the second evening and also inviting others in for the kind of experience you're having this evening. Your steward will introduce things with a question, and the first question will be around your experience. Then a second question, after we've gone around the circle, will be what is it you need to know in order to respond to this very difficult question? And the third, which uh, might uh, be something we can get to tonight, uh, are your concerns about how the church might respond, the church and Christians might respond to this. Uh, is there any question about the process? That's, a very, that's the quickest uh, introduction I've ever given to Circle Conversations. Okay, uh, the stewards are to guide you uh, in this process, and one of the stewards will be taking notes that will be uh, without attribution, but this is so that the planning committee uh, can, uh, can work out an educational program in response to the actual concerns and thoughts that we have. Okay.